Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. And uh, very special, actually, because it's been, um, it's our one year anniversary of, of the Kevin Clifton Show. I've been doing this for a year. That's gone really quick. Um, I actually didn't realize it was last week was actually the one year episode and I had no idea. And then someone put it out on Twitter and said, oh, it's the one year anniversary episode. Um, so Awesome, but this we'll just count this one as, as the anniversary episode. Why not? Because I didn't, I just didn't realise last week. But um, thanks for listening for the for this whole year. Those of you that started with me from week one, which was basically me and my mentor Rob talking about all my problems and insecurities <laughs> and going into um, the performance world, and we've spoken to a few different people from the entertainment world. We've spoken to a few people from Strictly. We're going to continue to do more of that, especially as we go into the Strictly Come Dancing series. Um, but for this week, I'm glad that this is like a big special episode because we've got a big special guest on the show. Um, this week, we are talking to a Broadway star, a West End star, numerous different musical theatre tours. And we met, I was lucky to perform alongside him on Broadway in Burn the Floor. And... He's also, to all intents and purposes, my first singing teacher. Ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, it's Mr. Ricky Rojas. How you doing, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, Thanks for having you. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it for a while, haven't we? Since, since I came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah so, you've been teasing me for a while. You've been flirting with me, saying, come on my podcast for a while. I'm like, let's do it. This was like yeah. a, a year ago. Yeah, God. And finally, I, I actually went over. Um, me and Stacey went over just before Christmas to New York um, to go and watch Ricky in Moulin Rouge on Broadway, which is a massive new smash hit musical on Broadway. And um, Ricky's a big part of it. Ricky's one of the stars of of Moulin Rouge on Broadway. So we went over yeah. to see it. He was amazing in it because you're amazing in everything. But then, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Everything's happened. Everything's yes. kicked off this year. COVID. Um, tell me how all that happened for you, and how did it happen mate, at Moulin Rouge, and how has it been for you? Mate, it was absolutely nuts. Because I'll tell you why. Because I had everyone up until the point, like I think uh, March or something, in the show had already already taken holiday. So um, I was the last, I think, or the second last to take my holiday. So I was like kind of rushed. So I took a week, and I was coming back to France because I've just moved to France. So um, I came back to see my new house and everything um, where I am now. So I got back here and then everything started to shut down, like, um, you know, transport, things like that. And I was like, God, I, I need to get back to New York to work. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to get let back in the country kind of thing. So I did my darndest and I got back and it was still pretty, pretty weird, like traveling, like throughout France and stuff. Everyone was with masks and like really conscious you know hands back and and washing their hands and stuff and I managed to get back to New York and I was like yes I'm back I can work it's great I did two shows and then we got shut down I was there on the, uh, at the theater I think we, we got shut down on the Thursday which is the 16th I think uh yeah so we had two shows at then we got shut down I think we got we got shut down actually earlier than all of Broadway because one of our cast complained about having a fever and you know a, a kind of cough so they went oh okay this is weird let's cancel the show the matinee and we'll review everything else kind of thing so 
you know, that we we all went into work on Thursday and then they they shut the show down. And then Thursday night, like all of Broadway shut down. And that was that. And then I was stuck in New York because I couldn't travel back. And then, of course, I ended up getting it. I got it like on the Saturday afterwards. I, I started showing symptoms. You got coronavirus. Yeah, man, I had the Rona. I had the I Rona. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, man, the Rona got me hard. And like, um, like, how did you feel? Like, what? what right. It was like I was like, you know, before I got it, I was all, I was all like, oh, it's just the flu, it's fine. But I tell you, I got it. It was pretty scary because it, you go like peaks and troughs with it. Like you feel absolutely terrible one day, um, like shivers, aches, fever, uh, tight chest. I was lucky. I didn't get like a really like tight breathing problems i didn't get that um but it was definitely a fever shivers and aches and pains and then about four days after i started showing symptoms i started to feel better and i was like oh this is all right so i went out like uh, i went out for a walk like socially distanced and like out right but then it was you just went down again like it was horrible and then like it was like breathing problems and it felt like an anxiety attack Mm. and then you think you're feeling better and then you're not. And it's, it went on for about 15 days, pretty much. Oh my God. And this, yeah. this was all in New York. Yeah. It was crap. God. Yeah. And then, so. Yeah. We, I had the test, I, you know, I, um, I think like four days or something when I went out, we went, uh, I went to the doctor and they, they gave me a COVID test. So I, and then I ended up testing positive. That's how I found out I had it. Um, but yeah, after the 15 days, like I just stayed indoors for most of it. Like you go out for a walk and then come back, but that was it. Um, everything was shut. I didn't know if I could travel. I, I couldn't book anything because I didn't know if I'd be allowed in the country. So it was, it was just horrible, horrible. And then how, how long before you came to France again? Um, I, on the 15th of June, I think, yeah, yeah. I booked a ticket back to the UK and I had to quarantine for two weeks in London right? because I knew I could get back into London because I've got permanent residency there. And then after those two weeks, they were letting people in to France from there, but they still weren't letting any people from New York into France. So I had to quarantine into London first and then make my way to France. Um, so it was just, it was just a drama, man. It was such a saga trying to get back, but I made, managed to make it. So and how was it left with like the show itself? What were they saying? Like, you know, what? Like, what, because it's a different system over there with how people get paid and unions and uh, and and whatever. Like, well, um, we, you know, it's like everywhere. Everywhere's been put on hold. Um, we, the the producers have been really great, keeping us informed and stuff about what's happening. Um, but they can only give us so much information. Um, we, we're definitely going to be back. That's the word that we're going to be back on Broadway um, some point next year, hopefully, you know, but who knows, but, but they're very, very hop- hopeful that we will be back. I hope so. I know, man. I'm like, I'm hopeful. I've just got to keep the faith. It's not, it's, it's a matter of not, not if we go back, it's just when yeah. I think that's, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, it's just when, you know, and um, of course, the Tonys are happening as well. Now we've just heard remotely and via Zoom, I think, um, in the fall or in autumn. So I think there's only four shows that are eligible for, for Tonys this year. Jagged Little Pill, 
Moulin Rouge, Tina, and and one more. I can't remember. But crazy. <laughs> if, yeah. if I'm going to win one, this is the year, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it's all going to get go back to normal soon enough, like everything. But let's go <laughs> right to the beginning. Yeah. So little Ricky, um, how did your sort of whole life as a performer start? Like, how did you get into performing? Was it with a particular thing in mind in terms of like acting or singing or dancing or? Like, when I was a kid, like, because I was born in Chile. I was born in Santiago, yeah. Chile. I just said that with an English accent, Santiago, Santiago, Chile, right? So weird. Um, and I've been singing ever since I can remember. Since I was like about four, I remember singing songs in Spanish and, you know, singing at parties and things like that. And um, my sister was a singer as well. So I kind of followed in her footsteps um, doing the cabaret circuit in Sydney in, um, in Australia where we grew up. Um, and, yeah, singing, cabaret. I, started, I went into the cabaret circuit um, doing my floor shows. Uh, what sort of song uh, you think? Uh, because <laughs> I, because I knew I knew I knew what I was good at, so I knew I could sing Spanish and things things like that. So I would sing like "Cuando Cuando," oh, yeah. you know, you know, "Love Is in the Air," "Strictly Boring." That's a good one. Um, "Sway," but in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, "Love Me with All Your Heart," "Cuando Calienta el Sol," like all like the Spanish favorites, man. Yeah. "La Bamba," that was a big one. And you're like, how old? Um, I was, when I first started doing those floor shows, I was about 15, 15, 14. Yeah. So that was, you know, I never, I never had like a job at McDonald's or anything like that or, which was, which was weird. That was my job. And did you have a yeah. thing in mind? Like, did you have a, like a goal in the future of like, I want to one day do this or were you just enjoying singing? Just, you know what? I, I don't, I don't think I did have like a massive goal. I just knew I liked singing and I knew I liked acting. I liked cool characters and things like that like Desperado was really a big inspiration because it was one of the first times I could I saw like a Hispanic male lead that wasn't like you know like a, like a, a baddie but he was you know he was the the star Antonio Banderas was the hero yeah. so and he was the guitar player you know and he, that, that that was kind of, kind of flicked switch in my brain and that's when I picked up the guitar I must have been about 15 mm. 14 when that's, I that's cool. I had the soundtrack and I used to rewind and pause and then try and work out the music in it and then pause it and play it and then like old school. Yeah. Well, you didn't even like go for like guitar lessons. You just started. No, cause my, my sister used to play and my brother used to play. So they taught me like the basics, like a couple right. of chords. I did go for about a month or two months, actually more, was it six months? I can't remember. It was quite, it was a bit, it was like a half a year um, to a guitar teacher, a Chilean guitar teacher in Sydney. His name's Victor Martinez Parada. And he was a, he was a a concert guitarist. He was amazing. And both his sons are great guitarists as well. So um, he taught me some good stuff. And then I just learned on the job really when I was doing other shows and things like that. Yeah. I I wish I could play guitar, but I'm like, I've tried a couple of times, but I just find it. Never too late. No, I know, but there's some things that like, you know, like some, some things feel natural to you. Like, yes, I can see how to do that. Like I, I, I can, I can pick that yeah. up. Like 
I don't know, with dancing, yeah. dancing I started young. So like da- dancing, like, I felt like I could watch someone in front of me and I could sort of copy them. But yeah, part, like I just find that it's so fiddly and so like there's so many different combinations on a t- in a tiny little area yeah. to do with your fingers. And, and, and when I watch yeah. it, it blows my mind when I watch someone play. Yeah. You obviously had that. Yeah, it's good fun. It's very, it's very therapeutic. As well. Mm. You know, I did a lot of I did a lot of guitar playing during COVID, during quarantine. You know, mm. kind of got me through. It's good. And then, uh, yeah, you're writing stuff by the way, because I remember you used to like write. Well, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am every now and again. I, I wrote quite like a few songs during during quarantine. Um, it's just finding the time. I mean, I'm back here. I've got loads of time, but like because I've I live like on a farm now, kind of. So there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> so I'm constantly like mowing the lawn or I say mowing the lawn. It's like a tractor that I ride. Amazing. Right. <laughs> and like there's sheds that I need to get rid of and, you know, I need to make windows and stuff. And I mean, it's, it's, a, t- it's a totally different lifestyle, <laughs> but it's cool. Um, and then how did it progress from there? So you're singing on the sort of cabaret scene, you're playing yeah. guitar, you're singing Spanish songs. What, how did it progress so, like theatre? Or So I was singing and then when I was in year 12, I was doing the school musicals. I always did the school musicals because um, every Thursday, instead of sports, you'd do the school musical. But the school, because I went to an old boys Catholic school, the school musicals, you'd do them with the girls' school next door. So ah, okay. I decided musicals. Hmm. Um, and then I was like, this is kind of cool, but I don't, I wish I knew how to act more. So I kind of took it upon myself and I enrolled myself in a musical theatre, which is where, um, you know, different artists that have, you know, gone up through the ranks in Australia have gone. Um, I did a, my musical theatre course in 1996 or seven, I can't remember. But anyway, um, and Rebel Wilson was in my class. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, that's where we met Rebs and Trevor Ashley. I don't know. He's big. Um, he's a big yeah, Rebs. Um, Trevor, Trevor Ashley is a, a big a musical theatre star and um, performer in Australia. He was in my class as well. Okay. And yeah, it was a really great way of learning, you know, learning the craft. I'm fascinated by this because I never went to a, a theatre school. Like what, when you say like learning the craft, like what sort of things would you do? Like say in an acting class, what would be, what's like a normal what, what did you learn? Well, you know, we learned how to read through a scene, um, find out what the purpose of the scene is, where it was going, what the characters want from the scene, how to dissect the script. Um, I also learned that singing is not just about singing nice and making it sound nice and it's a nice melody. It's more about you've got to really connect with the lyrics, got to really connect to the text. And not by that, I mean by uh, as a character connected to the text. It's, it's, you kind of treat it like a monologue. I found that out. I learned that less is more, to stand still, you know, things, <laughs> things that. that, you know, you just have to stand still sometimes, man. You know, and it, yeah, <laughs> sometimes more is more. <laughs> Strictly, more is more. More sparkle. <laughs> um, um, and... Yeah, so just, and also confidence and how the process as well, like the rehearsal process is a big thing. Um, how you, you know, how you go about learning choreography, how, you know, rehearsing scenes, the technical side of things, the tech process, which as you know, is 
boring, um, but you know, you, you end up learning how to do it and things like that. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really, it was really a good, good learning experience. And when you say confidence, cause I'm really fascinated by this. Mm. Um, cause I, I don't know. I, I see you as quite a confident guy in general, like you're a confident yeah. performer, certainly, but um, in normal life as well, like you're just quite, I, f- I feel like you know yourself, you're quite relaxed, you're quite sort of confident around people. Um, yeah. Sort of like, I remember when you first joined Burn the Floor, you like immediately sort of integrated yourself into the, into the band, uh, in, in like yeah. play yeah. before every show, you're immediately part of the hack circle, you know, like, like giving yeah. out within, you know, day one. Um, I mean, where does that come from? Is that part of like? I think it comes. From, you just can't take yourself too seriously. It's not rocket science. No one's going to die, and it's it's fun. Like we're so lucky to be doing what we do, and mm. like what we love. So it's like why why complicate things by adding stress to it? So it's it's and even even like going for auditions and things like that, or you get knockbacks, and and you've got always got to remember that you know, when you're, when you're going about life, it's like, don't take yourself so seriously and just enjoy the ride, man. That's all it is. Be humble. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like I often overcomplicate things. Like, yeah, man. Rockets, bit, man. You know, like when you say like you do the audition and then say, if you don't get a part and you know, that happens to all of us, you know, um, it's like, oh, yeah. what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? What, am I, what do I need to improve? Ah, panic, panic, panic. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I've sat on a couple of panels in, in, you know, in, my, in the years of my career and things like that. Um, and you realize that there is, it's like a jigsaw. Like there are so many factors that go into someone getting a role. It could be that the other person uh, is, looks better next to the, the person that they're supposed to be playing you know, or maybe they have a better rapport with, with, yeah. you know, with someone on the panel or, you know, it's, there's so many factors. You've, it's not just about your talent. So you've got to kind of let that go and, and, and stop thinking, you know, why, what, what was wrong with me rather than, Oh, what just wasn't for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And then like, as you, as you know, you've had, you know, you've had roles and things that it just present themselves and it's like, Oh, it was, it's, it's a no brainer that I was going to get this. It's like when I got burn the floor, for instance, I, you know, there's so many auditions you go for. And I, I like, cause I was coming to, I was in Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at that point, And it was coming to the end of the, the run at the Adelphi theater. Um, and I was getting, almost getting there. wasn't getting the part, almost getting there. wasn't getting the part. And then suddenly I get a Facebook message from a, a mutual friend of ours, Kieran Kulik, right. Yeah. Who was um, having, dinner with another mutual friend of our, mine and his in Australia. And he was saying that they needed a singer for Burn the Floor that was going to New York. And my other friend, Susie, the name was, she was like, what about Ricky? And he was like, yeah. You know, I got in touch with, with Harley Medcalf and he sent me all through, the producer of Burn the Floor, sent me through all the, the material and, and audition stuff. And I was like reading it and like listening to the songs. And I was like, man, I was like, I'm going to get this. This is like, yeah. it's a no brainer. Like, like if you would have written that and said, we need this person to do this role. It's, and it was like, drew a picture. It was like me like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, I was like, I'm going to get this. I said to Nat, my wife, I was like, I'm going to get this, you know? 
So then from that moment, it was like super chilled just because I knew it. Yeah. It was nuts. It was nuts. Even though it was like a massive process, like they flew me from, from London to LA to audition and then flew back. By the time I got back to London, they'd offered me the gig. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Just felt, it just felt right. Yeah. And it's the same, same thing that happened with Moulin Rouge. It was just like, this is too, too close. It's like, like I just knew it was crazy. I remember that my agent Hugo called me and he said, listen, the availability checking you for a workshop and the final auditions in New York um, for in, in two weeks time. And I was like, nah, they want to see me in New York. And she's like, of course they do. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I just knew it was going to happen, but there's only a few times where that's happened in my, in, in my career. But you managed, but because you know that those moments are, are going to happen, you just managed to stay chill throughout all the sort of rejections or whatever. It's just like, yeah, it's not right. Yeah. And sometimes you, when you really, really want something, it's kind of like you're holding on too tight to it. It's, you, and, and right. it's, 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 this, it's, it's kind of like counterproductive because, because you're holding on too tight, it means too much and therefore it's not fun. Mm. And you should be like that, you know? Yeah, detach yourself from the like need to do it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you have to, you have to. And be like, this is what I've got. This is what I can offer. You want, do you want, do you want the Kevin Clifton or not? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's so kind of... Um present isn't it like i feel like you're just really present like you're, you're just this this is my day today this is what i'm doing today i'm going to enjoy this i'm going to yeah. go for that if i get it great if i don't i don't i'll do something else yeah and then you get it yeah. and it's like yeah i'm going to enjoy doing this or you don't get it you're like fine it's just yeah you're in that moment all the time not hanging on Absolutely. to it. yeah you have to live in the now but you know what having said that it's very it's a very french way of living like the French kind of, they live a lot in the now rather than in the to have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not very lavish and things like that, like in, in rural France and things like that. It's like they, they're happy. They're content in mm. living. You know, they, they work, they live, no, they work to live rather than live to work. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What made you? Uh, I knew this was going to happen. We just go off on like lots of different. <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, what made you move to France? Like, obviously, you've got your family, your your wife, and, your son and well, so we. Um, so I, I just done Moulin Rouge in Boston, the pre-Broadway run, right? And um, they offered me New York. Uh, a couple of weeks into or into rehearsals or a week into previews, I can't remember. And, and actually, on that, you know, I did, I, just while you're on that, when, yeah. when that phone call comes through, because of everything we were just talking about, is your attitude then like, great, cool, I'm going to go and enjoy it now? Or are you like dancing around and like, yes, got it, got it, got it? Because maybe, I don't know, maybe you're not holding onto it as tight. No, I was, um, was kind of like, oh, cool. That's good news. Yeah, I thought you would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, that's cool news. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of like, it's bittersweet. It's always been bittersweet. Like, backstepping now back to, like, when I got burned the floor, 
it meant I had, when I got it, obviously it was in New York and I was living in London. So I was going to be away from my family for a while. So it's always been bittersweet. It's like, it's like when I get it, my heart sinks sometimes, actually both times, like when I got Moulin Rouge and Burn the Floor, my heart sank. I was like, oh man, because just because I knew how hard it's going to be and what a slog it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we went back to that tangent. Oh, because yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I, I did <laughs> burn the floor in Boston. Yeah. I went back. I got back home to London. And so we kind of, you know, me and Nat are very pragmatic. We sat down and we were like, we needed to reassess. And we were like, right, what do we do now? And Nat was like, I don't like my job. She's like, I don't like it. I was like, yeah, you've not liked it for ages. And she was like, yeah, we're going to, like, it's a good, it's a good gig, this Milan Rouge one, you know. She's like, oh, I want to leave my job. I was like, all right. And then she went, let's move to France. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> and it was, I'm not lying. It was literally that fast. That's amazing. I just went, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what, that's what I mean about like they're just living in the now and just being present rather than like complicating it. You're right. Like people complicate things. Like, because if that was me, if Stace said to me tomorrow, let's move to France, I'd come up with 15 reasons why we can't move to France. Yeah. Like immediately. Like I probably wouldn't consider it. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's too big a thing. You can't, you can't. Whereas I feel like you just, yeah. you just live in that moment and go, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. I'll do yeah, that. You should... France. <laughs> You just kind of have to do it. And we kind of went, we kind of went, yeah, let's do it. And we, we kind of like Brexit and stuff. We we're like, Brexit, la, la, la. We were let's, like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Brexit's it's just going to be another hurdle that you got to do it. But you, ultimately, you, you want to do what you want to do. So we, we just did it. And then, so yeah, we sold up everything, you know, put everything in storage and then got in a car we and this was october we put the house on the market october we sold it and then by march we were like the first brexit date we were in france before the first brexit date that's, that's so amazing yeah and we had like all our clothes in our car and we were just driving around the south of france for like two months like looking at areas that we wanted to live in and we thought and we ended up here in chinon which is beautiful beautiful um <laughs> And yeah, it was like juggling, man. I was like, okay, we need to buy a car. We need to open a bank account. We need to do rent, blah, 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 rent a house. You know, but we also still need to look for houses to buy, put Rafi in school. And then literally we did all that. And then I and got on a plane and flew to New York to start rehearsals. That must be hard at times. Like, like you say, being away from your family. And, and was there ever any consideration oh, yeah. that you might not do it? Or was it still just, no, I have to do it, but it's going to be, you know, we've got to deal with it. I'm always, always a consideration that I might not do it because I get it and I'm like, do I do it? But then me and that, like, we always think it's, it's kind of, you, I had to, you can't not, it's mm. an original cast. It was an original cast uh, on a Broadway show. Like it's probably the biggest Broadway show to open since like Hamilton. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was like a lot of hype behind it. Baz Luhrmann was involved. It was the original cast album as well. Like it was, it was, it was a lot. And it was a chance to create something that's never done, been done before, you know, from, you know, add things that only I could add. Yeah. 
like think like the the you know the there's there's some Spanish bits in in the Bad Romance song that I sing and I I was like I put that in because mm. it felt right for me to do it because I could speak Spanish and it sounded good you know so I put it in and then Justin Levine who's awesome he was like yeah that sounds awesome let's let's go with it and so uh, yeah so so you get quite a bit of rope then to sort of do your thing because you're sort of oh, yeah. the character. Yeah, and it's all about creating it. It's like, thankfully, I don't know, like it, sometimes it happens once in one in a million, like where you get a cast that's that gels super well. Mm. And like Aaron, like I get along with Aaron, Aaron Tveit and Saad and Galja, who plays um, Toulouse Lautrec and, and Christian, like we are the three Bohemians, but we, yeah. like I tell you, we have so much fun. It's, it, it should be illegal. <laughs> like, like it's nuts. Like we laugh. All the time, like the whole time I'm on stage, we laugh. We're just on some wavelength. We're just on some wavelength, and then Sa, who plays to listen track, he's on some other wavelength that's like he's flying above in the clouds somewhere. And then every now and then he comes down, and he's like, "Hey fellas, how's it going? Oh cool, all right." And then he flies back up again, like <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> and then dan like, and then dancing with like you know my partner Robin Herder, who plays Nini. Mm. She like man like she's just nuts she's amazing like it hurts me like, how good she is and her being that good makes me dance better yeah do you know what i mean is this the most you've danced it's really good. hey is this the most that you've danced in a show uh yeah i think yeah. so yeah. i mean i've danced i've danced like in like other shows and stuff but like yeah. it's this is different it's more especially like on like on broadway it's like they're so like fierce, like sharp that, and like the part I play is, plays a choreographer as well. So I'm like having to know that I'm, I'm supposed to know the stuff better than they do, you know? So that's where I, you know, just had to blag it, man. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's an amazing show. We had a wicked time when we came to see it. It, it, was, yeah. it was awesome. That was a good night. That was a good night. We went out for a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, come on! I was going to say just then. I had a point. Oh yeah. Um, do you ever have? Um, I don't know. I'm assuming you don't like just speaking to you about everything. Like, do you ever have sort of nerves before going out, stage fright, any of I, that? Yeah, I used to. I used to, but but I kind of like talked myself out of it because. Wow. What's what's your what what do you well, do? I remember when I was in Fame, I used to, I used to sing because I used to have to sing a G for instance, and I used to practice it like all the time before I went on. And then it just twigged in my head, like if I'd mess it up when I was practicing it, I'd mess it up on stage. And I was like, why am I putting myself through that stress? It's like, you know, you can do it. So just don't rehearse it and just do it. What's the worst that can happen? As soon as that, I, I like, I flip that switch. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? I go out there and I crack or I go out there and I forget a line. What's the worst that can happen? Um, Okay, you're correct. That's funny. People will laugh. I'll probably laugh too. Oh, if you forget a line, you're like, what will happen? Um, you just make something else up and then everyone will laugh about it. And then, you know, and it's like, there's no stress to that. It's like, no one's going to die. You're not, you're not saving lives. You're not performing heart surgery. So as soon as you do that, it lifts it. And you kind of like expel it. You know, it gives you so much freedom. Yeah. 
and so and, and therefore you, the same in auditions you don't like yeah same thing same thing oh, don't get me wrong every now and again you do get little gremlins that come along to you and they, they're like they're like oh you're not good enough you're not blah blah blah, blah. but then you're like you kind of have to i think the brain or emotions uh it's kind of like in your head there's there's two 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 animals that live two wolves there's a there's a good one and a bad one and the one that you feed more will get stronger mm. right mm. so if you're constantly doubting yourself if you're constantly saying oh maybe maybe i'm not good enough but you know and and, and you start negative thoughts and then that one will get stronger. So as soon as I start doing that, I do the opposite mm. and I start thinking how good I am, how awesome I am. Yeah. Cause you have, and then that kind of gets me over it and then full steam ahead after that. It's, it's so true. I was thinking about this because I, I have a tendency for sort of, I'm getting better at it, but I have a tendency for sort of negative thought and beating yeah. myself up and, and, and getting anxiety over it and all that sort of, you know, self-talk of you're not good enough and, and, and all of that. Like, I sort of tend towards that quite a lot. Um, I, was, I was thinking like literally two days ago, like I had a nightmare mm -hmm. and it was about something that I'd been thinking about a lot during that day. Mm. And I woke up the next day and thought, Okay, but I, I was asleep and that just happened in my head. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it so much during that day. So basically, yeah. like you said, it's like I've fed that wolf and that wolf is now big and angry. And it's like yeah. I basically put that thought into my head and sort yeah. of it in. And that's why even when I'm asleep, it just does its thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you're so right. If you feed the other one and. Yeah all the positive stuff, then I would probably had a nice dream that night instead of a nightmare. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so funny. It's like, it's even like, I know this, we're going so deep here, by the way, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Even, like even like manifesting stuff like that. You want. It's like the universe doesn't care what you ask for. It doesn't distinguish between good and bad energy. It just doesn't, but it'll give you what you, one, it'll give you what you ask for. So if you're constantly asking negative thoughts or like thinking negative thoughts, that's what you're going to attract. Mm. So if you think, if you counteract it by just tricking yourself into thinking positive thoughts, it, that will overtake. It's mm. kind of like, I, I also do it physically as well. Like if I'm, you know, feeling down or something, I know that picking up a guitar, the action of picking up a guitar being busy playing music will lift my spirits. I know that the act of smiling or laughing to myself, literally smiling, making my face do that, will trick my brain into thinking that I am happy. Yeah, yeah. It works the other way as well. Because yeah. like if you if you're happy if you're out if you're upset, your face it shows in your face. If you're happy, it shows in your face. But it works the other way as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, that's this. That's awesome. This is all good stuff. This is this is the kind of stuff that I wanted. That I um, was the reason why I wanted to do the podcast. Is like this yeah. kind of like ad advice of how to, of how to go about things. Yeah. Um, and you've you've done loads of shows now. How, how what was your first show that you did? Oh, uh, my first show that I did was the Buddy Holly story, and that was in Australia. I played played the part of Richie Valens. I got to sing La Bamba every day, which was awesome. Um, and I also died every night in a plane crash. Um, and um, I was 21 
And then I did that show in London. That was my first show in London as well when I was um, 21, mm. way back a long time ago, <laughs> like 20 years ago, almost. No, 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, 20, far out, man. Time flies. And then, um, yeah, ended up staying and went back and I did the tour of that show and we did, you know, Denmark and Ireland and things like that. And then I ended up staying. Um, have you ever gone many periods where you just haven't, apart from now, obviously, but yeah. like been working or, or have you pretty much gone from show to show? I've been, you know what, over the 25 years I've been working, it's I've been super, super lucky. Like the hiatus periods haven't been that, that many. I, I remember once... It was after I left Fame. Um, I worked as an uh, was it an usher? No, it was a. I worked at a cinema. I worked at a cinema in town, and like that was only for a couple of three months, I think, two months, three months, and then I ended up getting to Greece. My first UK tour of Greece. I think it was the other one, the other time that the rug got pulled out of my, my feet was when. I booked to do Top of the Pops, right, when it was going to go out. Then it got pulled suddenly because it was like it was support. It was put on like by the BBC and stuff like that. And then it got pulled. And then I was like, why did it get pulled? Like, why? And then I had no work for like three or four months. I was like, God. And then like literally like the week after it got pulled, the Jimmy Savile stuff came out. So they kind of like knew that was going to happen. So um, they pulled the show. But then I ended up doing another show called New Jersey Nights. Do you remember that? You came and watched that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. New Jersey Nights. Yeah. New Jersey Boys. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was, where were we? We were like Manchester or something. Was it Manchester? I really can't remember, but I remember coming to watch it, yeah. It's really funny. Everyone, like every time we, we, like we're on tour and we, we can catch up, we always do, which is really nice. Yeah. We've always done that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and obviously, like on Burn the Floor, yeah. Um, well, you started in like I feel like didn't you was coming like Perth or something, Australia? Yeah, yeah. You guys were rehearsing in Perth, and I met you in Perth to to do the rehearsals and everything before we went to New York. Yeah. And that was when Joe Watson was there and his dog. <laughs> what was the name? Lola? Was it Lola? I can't remember. Or Fifi or something. Ricky, 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 can you move over to the left? Ricky, real stop and draw. I remember. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Let's go again from there. Stop, stop. Let me get the lighting on. And I was like, he loved Henry Bellicott. And I was then, he used to call me Henry. Henry. Do you remember when you flew off the handle? I remember this in rehearsals. That doesn't sound like that. So I remember you flew off the handle once because I don't know, viewers, listeners, I don't know if you know, but Kevy used to have really long hair. And it was him, man. He used to rock that hair. Like, yeah, like throw it around. It loved it. Loved it. But then the design the design team for Burn the Floor were like, Yeah, we think we think you should have short hair. <laughs> and, they, and they made him cut his hair. Did, did you end up cutting it? I can't remember. I, I definitely cut it for Broadway. It wasn't like shoulder length on Broadway. It was shorter. Yeah. It wasn't like short, short, but it That's was, right. Yeah. And you were like, what? That's my act, man. That's me. I can't believe they're making me cut my hair. <laughs> making a massive drama out of it. It's so funny. In a way, my identity. I'm, I'm like Samson. When, when you cut his hair off, it all falls apart. 
man. You're cutting away as me, guys. <laughs> you can't, it's like you're cutting off my arm. <laughs> so excellent. Yeah. Oh, God. I remember that whole build-up to Broadway. And then, obviously, on Broadway, there was yeah. a part where I decided I wanted, I wanted to get into singing, and I wanted to, like, have some lessons. I was like, Ricky, will you, will you teach me some singing? Oh, I remember. Yeah. And he used to pay me in beer. He used to pay you in beer. <laughs> come, in, <laughs> come in once or twice a week and... and um, it worked. Yeah. And you, you got a gig after that because yeah, you auditioned yeah. the song and stuff. Nothing. That's right. Musical, Dirty Dancing uh, in the West End. And I'll take for that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, remember what song we worked on? We, we were doing um, one song from Rent. One song, Glory. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Glory. Um, yeah, he used to sing it like all the time. It, it was like basically my one song that I knew. <laughs> and uh, went in and sang that in my audition for Dirty Dancing. I look at you, eh? Wedding singer, doing like... Burn the floor again, smashing, yeah. doing the vocals. Yeah, singing and burn the floor now. But you've taken my job. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, actually, on the note of of singing, um, we, we're joking about this. A, a, a few of us, because there's a few of us that sort of know you. I, I feel like everything I work on, there's someone that goes, "Do you know Ricky Rojas?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I know Ricky Rojas." And 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 such a story. Like everyone. Yeah say everyone's got a story oh god ricky when he did the thing and and i can't remember who i was talking about it with, but we ended up talking about um about you doing like warm-up you know you were talking about oh don't worry if i'm gonna crack on stage why am i gonna like worry myself and and i'm so you know i've, I've done what three musicals and i'm still in that mode of like well i mean i'm like this anyway but like I'm still in that zone of like, oh, and, and asking everyone 10,000 questions. And what do you do? What do you, like, when, when you're warming up, do you do this or do you do that? Do you drink coffee during the day? Do you da 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 And we talk about you. And you're, for everyone listening, Ricky is an amazing singer. Like, he's, he's just a brilliant singer. And that's why he's a star in everything he does. But, like, we're talking about you and going... All Ricky seems to do in warm up is like he'll play his guitar and sing a couple of tunes, and then he'll go ah, and, it <laughs> and suddenly it's like yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm there. That's it. It's literally the same warm up I do now. Oh, but that's that's what works for me. Like I'll sing like three or four songs. Like I get, I always get to the theater early before anyone else because then I don't bother anyone else sing a couple of songs and then before I go on stage, I'll, I'll do that. I won't do it here because my neighbors in France like to chill. So, but I do that. I'll go, ah! and I'll check it's there. And then. <laughs> You're what? Like if you can do that. Then, then you know yeah. Right. yeah. Cause then I'm like, and then I'm like, something's going to come out. It's fine. Like it's still working. <clears throat> you go through any weird things like, you know, Oh, I mustn't eat chocolate or drink coffee or do you have any of that? Nah, nah, it's fine. Nah. Yeah, because as soon as you start getting into that, you start becoming a slave to, to things. Do you know what I mean? You're a slave to, oh, I mustn't eat before I do that. It's like, it's, I, think, I think it's a lot. It's, obviously, I think if you eat chocolate, it does produce a bit of mucus, but it's fine. Mm. It's there. If anything, it probably helps you coat the throat a little bit, you know. Mm. But I'm like, I think it's a, it's a mental thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so just 
just put it in your mind that you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need all that hassle. So just do what you do, do what you want and then do the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like Broadway's hilarious like that. Everyone's like very confident. They know what they do, you know, yeah. very rehearsed, polished. But like, you know, we'll have birthdays, birthday cakes and stuff like at interval. And I'm talking birthday cakes. Sometimes they're not birthday cakes. Sometimes it's like pizza, fried chicken, like, and like the whole cast will be substage eating chicken before going on to do one of the hardest numbers I've ever seen in my life. Like, and if we're just eating chicken, you're going to eat that? No, nah, can't. Like nuts. Amazing. Yeah. Like it's good. It's good to hear. Like for for someone like me who's going through it, because I was so like doing wedding singer, because obviously with wedding singer it was more than I'd ever sung in a show. Yeah. I was on stage for most of it, and and had quite a lot of songs, and I was yeah. I was terrified of losing my voice. Because yeah. what one because obviously it would be a horrible thing to happen, and yeah. two because. Uh, I'd probably been feeding the negative wolf a bit too much. And in my head, everyone was judging me because I was from Strictly Come Dancing. I wasn't from like Italia yeah. Theatre School. Um, yeah, yeah. So like in my head, everyone in the audience was coming with a, with a pad and a pen ready to yeah. write something down that said, oh, he only got the job because he's from Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. In my head, yeah. like must not lose my voice. So I was like making sure I'm drinking gallons of water not having coffee, not drinking chocolate, making sure I warmed up like so early, kept testing it. Like, like, oh, I was so anal about the whole thing. So to hear you just like, ah, done. <laughs> yeah. So imagine, imagine how much more or how much less stress you would have had and how much more of a good time you would have had. The whole experience would have been had you kind of just gone, oh, fuck it, I'm here now. This is yeah. just do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But having said that, you're like, because it's your first like role that you've done, like heavy singing. It's, I went through that, but just earlier. Yeah. When I was younger. So it's like, everyone kind of has to experience it at some point, but yeah. you kind of learn to, to realize it's not, it's not all that, man. Yeah. It's just, it's like when you dance now, it's like, you, you, you don't even think about it, do you? No, like you warm up, like you warm up, like you're like, and then you go into it. Yeah, you know, you don't doubt yourself. No, you're you're like that's what you do. You'll get to that point. Yeah, you I feel know. like talking to you, it's like this feeling of like everything's gonna be all right. It'll <laughs> be fine. <laughs> Those also it, with what you were saying about just living in that moment and being present and and playing with the cards that you're given. Um, it's the same thing with your voice and, and Lucas Rush actually said that to me when I was stressing out one, one night on Rock of Ages like oh my god I can feel something it doesn't feel like it when I go for that big note in, in um, I want to know what love it's going to be like oh. and, and, and he said to me like mate you've just got to learn to like be alright with whatever voice you've got that night don't think that like your voice has to be you don't have to sound like um you know, Michael Bublé every night. No, but that's the thing. That's where you learn the tricks. You're like, you learn how to sing when you're tired. You learn how to sing when you've got a cold. You learn how to sing when, when, you know, when you when you've got a blocked nose or or you've got a bit of like tonsillitis or something. You can sing through it. Like, 
you know yeah. you can just adapt change cheat here sing out that but kind of half sing the other bit you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's little tricks you learn yeah nice experience i suppose yeah uh, yeah so finally out of everything you've done you've, and you've, you've done like millions of shows and <laughs> broadway yeah. west end tours all over uk or america the world yeah. um, apart from burn the floor yeah um, like do you have a favorite one do you have like a favorite character that you've played I do. I've obviously, I like obviously the, the Buddy Holly story because it was my first show. Yeah. Um, that was great. And I got, it was an acting musician show. So I got to play guitar and banjo and bass and stuff like that on it, which is cool. Um, obviously Moulin Rouge because, you know, once in a lifetime experience and created something awesome yeah. that people will be hearing for years to come. Yeah. Um, and another character, it was actually a, a character that I inherited from uh, a great, great actor. He made it his own and he made the character up. It's from a show called Tonight's the Night, right? It's the Rod Stewart musical and uh, a lovely man, such a good actor, very clever. Michael McKell um, created a character called Stoner who's kind of like Keith Richards and, and, and like every other old rocker that you can imagine, right? And he created this character that's so funny, man. It's so hilarious. And I was lucky enough because on that tour, he did the first, I think, three months and I did the next three months as the character. So I took over from him, but I got to watch him for three months in the ensemble yeah. do this character. And I was like, he's just genius so that was like a massive learning curve just watching this guy create and watching this guy become something his timing was impeccable mm. and then when i took over like it was just like it felt natural and great it was like i took all the good parts that he had but i didn't try and copy it too much oh yeah so that's I what i was gonna ask you like on it copy or yeah yeah, like, like, how do you, how do you go about that? Because you've seen it so much. How do you go about like not just doing a, a straight? Copy? I suppose you 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 just got a good template. Like he did all the hard work for me, basically. Mm. You know, I didn't have to do that much work. I just, it was already there. Great character to take. So I I took it, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like driving, driving a car for the first time that you haven't driven like a really nice one but you, you can't appreciate it so you've driven it for for like a few weeks mm. or something right you start to get all the nuances and then it starts to bed in and then it's you do you know what i mean yeah. that's the same that's the same as when you take over a character that's really well formed you live in it for, you have the good template so you you you, you know you'll, you'll say all the lines you'll sing all the songs right you'll get good laughs and stuff but until you're there and something clicks and you you bring what you have to it and you, you you're really in it and you it, and it's more you then you start coming up with little bits that the other guy didn't do and you can you kind of get a laugh here that the other guy never used to but it works better for you in this you know so it's it's yeah. it's a real it's a real trial and error as well 
And have you got any, um, do you have a corpse on stage? Mate, all the time. Do you? Yeah. Have you, um, I like I like making people laugh. Actually, yeah, that's I do. do. Um, but, but there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. Like, <laughs> like sometimes you just can't help it, right? I am naughty though. I do. I do try and make people laugh. Um, <laughs> but there is a time and a place. I am very professional. <laughs> just <do> that. <laughs> <laughs> and um do you have finally do you have any like um dream role that you or any sort of goal going forward or anything that like that's still there that like oh one day i would love to do this or is it just a case of i'm just enjoying every day as it I'm, is? Enjoying it. I'm enjoying it you know there are a couple of roles that i'd love to play like i would love to play stacy jacks <laughs> I'd love to play Stacey Jacks. If anyone in the producers just out there, look, I'm looking good. I look fresh. I've got the kind of rock star vibe going on. Um, well, hook me up. I, I hook hear, me up. Uh, you know, I'm hearing rumors about Rock of Ages. You know, hook me up. Hook me up. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Kevy, you smashed that role. I never saw you do it, but I would have loved to. Oh, yeah, you didn't see it. Never saw it, never saw it. Was it a fun role to play? It was fun, wasn't it? It was so much fun. Do you know what I'm saying, man? For me, it was like, I think because, I've, I've, first of all, I've been a, a dancer, like, forever. Yeah. Like, Burn the Floor is my sort of release of just dancing however I want. But then I'd also been a dancer on Strictly, and, and I sort of fell into this, like, everyone knew me as, like, Kevin from Grimsby on Strictly. Yeah. Everyone knew me yeah. a certain way. And I... And, and I was always like, oh, wait, but, but I'm not just about that, you know, like also I can do, I can do more, I can do more, I can, I can do other things. And then um, when they asked me about Rock of Ages, I naturally assumed that they were talking about playing, um, what's his name, the, the, the German son. I, I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. That's what, they're, that's what they're, that's the sort of role that would fit me, you know, if they've seen me on Strictly Come Dancing or whatever. Yeah. That's the sort of role because you know I, I don't know I just don't uh, in my it's own head, your best chart. Why yeah. don't you hit me with your best chart? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, they're not going to be asking me to play like the you know the the cool handsome guy or the you know <laughs> whatever. And then when I said Stacy Jacks, I was like, really? Like the as in Stacy Jacks rock star. And obviously, you know, like I, I used to have all the long hair and I used to be this wannabe rock star all the time. And the way I used to dress, I was like, I have to do this. I have to get this. And then once I was doing it, like I just had so much fun. It was a wicked cast as well, but just being able to be something completely different. And be a rock star. I, love, I love that show. Do you remember when we saw it in New York? Yeah, I went and quite a few times when we were there. Yeah. They New York, were, we got dressed up and everything. Yeah, and they were in the theatre like, on the next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we used to meet them at the glass house sometimes and all like, like hang out with them all, all the cast of I remember that. I remember. Um, and wait, oddly, uh, oddly, Constantine, who was like the original yeah, yeah. on Broadway, was there the yeah. same night watching Moulin Rouge. Right, he was. Watching yeah. you. That's right. Remember, we came backstage to see you after the show at Christmas. Right. I was like, Constantine? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was the original Drew on Rock of Ages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mad. Anyway, we digressed. Hold on. Yeah. Another part I want to play. Another part I want to play. I'd love to play Frank and Ferda in Rocky Horror Show. Oh, you'd be so good at that. I'd love to play that part. Yeah, you'd be so good. One day. Yeah. And another part, Shay in Evita. That's it. I'm done. Just three parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And I mean, I feel I feel like we've we've covered so much anyway. But like, Thanks. if for any um, sort of young wannabe theatre performers out mm-hmm. there saying, Ricky Rojas, one day I want to be just like you. Basically, I'm asking for myself. But <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone else, um, uh, uh, any other pieces of advice, or if you've even if you've already said it, like what's what's your main like your main thing? Main thing. Don't take yourself too seriously. Always be nice to people because no one wants to work with, with a knob. That's a good one. Right. I think that doesn't get said enough, actually. No one wants to work with a dick. Sorry if that I swore. But it's true. Just be nice, man. Yeah. There's no need. You know, it's, it's like all this competitive stuff. And it's like yeah. there's no reason to not help someone because you think that it's going to do you any like Forget yeah. that. Be nice to people. Yeah. And then I think... This is a great one. You need to remove, you need to the, remove the word impossible from your vocabulary. So if you think, ah, oh, or the word I can't, mm. or the phrase I can't from your vocabulary, because just like vocally or then it's like, just if you change the wording, because words have a lot of power, if you change it to it's tricky, mm. right? Takes a whole new meaning, man. Takes like, takes you to a whole new level. If you're like, I want to sing, like, I could never sing past an A before, you know. Now I sing quite high because I, I and I, I attribute it to kind of saying it's tricky. Like I don't say I can't sing that note anymore. I say, mm, I say, uh, you know, it's it's tricky. As soon as you say it's tricky, it means it's doable. It yeah. means it. It means that there is a way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very good one. And again, it just... The wolf. I like that thing about the wolf. Oh, yeah, the wolf, yeah. Feed, feed, feed the good dog, not the bad wolf. Yeah, keep putting them good thoughts in. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then your brain will make more good thoughts. Yeah, and then one day you can be just like Ricky Rojas. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I know... I I know I miss you too. We need to we need to hang out like when it's doable again, when it's possible again. Come visit. Yeah. Bring bring like come visit. Come hang out. We'll go for a wine. Do it a trip abroad. Yeah. We'll go for a wine. Go for a bike riding tour. Wine tasting. I got a mate that runs great. I'm still I'm still completely sober and I can't ride a bike. You can't I mean, hey. (laughs) Who cares? Come anyway. No, actually, you know what? It's tricky for me to ride a bike. It's not that I can't ride a bike. It's it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) that's what it is, man. Tricky. I'm telling you, it works, mate. Thank you so much. All right, I love you, man. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thank you.